Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. Stand to your feet. We're here to worship and magnify the name of Jesus. Just real quickly, look to your neighbor and say, I'm happy to see you in the house of the Lord. Amen. If you've got somebody to your other side, look to them and say, happy to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Let's worship Jesus this morning. Hallelujah.
day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Sing it! Day and night. Night and day, let incense arise. Oh, you're holy. Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Day and night, night and day. You're worthy of it all. you to pray with us this morning that the Lord will bless us and have his way in our service. Father God, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, for one more time to be in your presence, Lord God. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. Lord God, you're worthy of it all, Lord God. We're so glad, Lord God, we're here to worship you and to praise you. We ask your will to be done in this place this morning, O oh God. I pray anointing upon the remaining portion of the service, O oh God. Touch us individually and collectively, Lord God. Let there be a move of your spirit, O oh God, upon every person in this place this morning, O oh God. I pray and ask you to touch our praise singers, O oh God. Touch our speaker this morning that you will use him, O oh God, like never before, Lord God. I pray for every person in this place this morning that will have an open heart and mind this morning as your words go forward. Have your way among us, O oh God. Touch our hearts, O oh God. Touch our minds, O oh God. We commit ourselves to you as we commit the service in your hands. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And can we just give the Lord a round of applause Hallelujah. as we continue to worship the Lord? Hallelujah.
sing Hosanna, Hosanna, in the highest, in the highest, in the highest. let our King be lifted up, Hosanna, Just to worship Jesus. 
Worship him and praise his name. Worship him and lift him up. Lift up the name of Jesus. We bless your name. Praise the name of the Lord. Come on, let's give the Lord another round of applause. He's worthy to be praised. Oh, hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. Amen. If you can, praise God. We want to take this time out to welcome everyone that is here in the house of God to praise and to magnify the Lord with us. Truly another beautiful day to be alive and well. Truly we're serving an awesome God who is worthy to be praised, and amen. We're here to worship and glorify his name this morning, and we want you to just sing in there, just worship the Lord with us truly, amen. Another beautiful day that the Lord has made, amen. We're, we're very fortunate on the East Coast where we are. You know, it's not so easy for the other folks that are, you know, in down south and in the Midwest area. You know, they hit with the terrible uh, tornadoes down there, so we need to keep those folks, especially the ones that are in Kentucky, they have been hit severely with the, or the tornadoes that they had in that area down there. Uh, we have a lot of churches and pastors in those areas. So, you know, make sure you keep them in our prayers that the Lord will um, comfort them during this time. Amen. Our online congregation, yeah, we welcome everyone this morning. And we pray that God bless you wherever you are this morning also. Praise God. We're so honored to be in the house of God this morning. And um, I, I don't want to be too long, but before the hushes. Uh, come up, we have a couple of things we just want to get out of the way, and then we just um, get a man of God to come up here and just take his liberty. Amen. Um, don't forget, next week we have a banquet. Um, so for those of you that have not yet registered to see, please see Sister uh, Sylvia. Um, the banquet was going to be on the 24th. Um, so don't forget to um, sign up, be a part of the banquet. Um, just one other thing that I want to do offline. I'm going to turn my mic off for like 30 seconds and say what I have to say offline. Amen.
you back in line. Amen. Um, so we it's a honor that our pastor get a chance to get away, to get a break. Amen. And we pray that God will continue to bless him and keep him and that uh, bless his family wherever they are. Amen. So we want to make sure we um, uh, get that out of the way. And um, so, you know, as you know, we are in our building fund uh, drive. Our Christmas for Christ uh, uh, starts next week, which I think is the 19th. So um, for those of you that want to be a blessing, we have a little trophy in the front there. Amen. You guys are such a blessing in in our district. So, you know, um, we have a lot of uh, cards on the tree. So make sure you come next week and take whatever that the Lord laid on your heart. We have some 5,000 there. We have some uh, 2,000, 1,000 there. Whatever the Lord laid on your heart to be a blessing. Uh, We have some 10,000. Thanks, Brother Tom. We have some 10,000 up top there. So if someone want to be a blessing for Christmas for Christ, we know it's good for goodwill and for good uh, to help other churches. Amen. So be a blessing whenever you can. Amen. And that the Lord will continue to bless you. Something else that I forgot? We have some one dollar still. <laughs> Thank you. We have some one dollar still. Amen. Praise God. So whatever the Lord laid in your heart. Amen. Give unto the Lord. Amen. Um, so we're going to invite you to stand at this time as we continue to worship the Lord. Amen. And for those of you that, um, as the ushers, um, those of you, don't forget if you are um, paying or if you, we have a special envelope, Brother Henry, you can just show that envelope for the uh, reach. The white envelope to his right, Brother Tom has one to his right also, that's for a reach. So whatever you have for a building project, you can put it in the reach and the regular envelope. For a Titan offering, you can use that envelope. If you want to pay electronically, you can see eaten by the boot. And if you want, if you are online and you want to pay online, you can go to um, myccc.faith. If you want to pay to PayPal, you can go Christ Cent at that sign Christ Center Church. And if you want to pay with Cash App, you can dollar sign CCC 2711. Those are a method of payment online and in house. Amen. Feel free to be a blessing. Amen. And just continue to worship the Lord with us. Amen. Amen. Bow your heads. Father God, we love you. We thank you for what you have already done in the service. As we're about to receive this morning's offering, we ask your blessing upon every givers, those who have to give, those who have not likewise. Bless us continually, Lord God. We give you all the glory and all the honor because you're truly worthy to be praised. Let your will be done as we worship you in all givings. In Jesus' name. Amen. And everybody said amen. Bring your tithes and offering. We have ushers in the front, so feel free to bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord. Amen.
Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord one more time. Amen, amen. Praise God. We're so honored this morning to gather together one more time to worship you. Amen. Um, praise and to magnify the Lord. Amen. Praise God. We have a special guest. He's no stranger. He's no visitor. He's a part of our family. We love him. And whenever we can worship together, we're here together. So we're going to invite you to stand at this moment with us. Amen. Amen. Without any further ado, it's my honor and my privilege this morning to uh, invite our dear friend, family, pastor, Amen. McFarlane, God bless you. Take your liberty. It's a honor to be here. Praise the Lord, everybody. Can you hear me? Love you guys. And there's the Fuji water. You guys remember the Fuji water. That's the good stuff. You guys, somebody, I'm going to put this out there. I'm not the pastor, but I'm going to put this out there. Somebody probably ought to check with the Fuji manufacturing. You might be able to get some kind of sponsor or something. That might be the goal to get into that building. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated for a moment. I just uh, I want to say hello before we get into the word. It's such a great honor to be back with you. You guys know how much my family and I, we love your pastor. And uh, when you when you have a pastor like you have, you feel so blessed. And I hope you feel as blessed as I am blessed for you. Um, I've often said it, and we, we share it in our church, in our assembly, that we are a, we're sister churches. We are a, we're a mother we're a mother daughter work that came out of the of Pentecostal Tabernacle in Staten Island. So we're a daughter work. They're the mother church, but we consider CCC the sister church of the family church because we uh, we we started right around the same time, and uh, we love you guys, and we're always rejoicing in everything God's doing in in your lives and in your church, and couldn't wait. Uh, happened to be on the board. And uh, we're having a uh, uh, the first big missions conference, a big global missions conference for our district. And uh, I was talking to your pastor and talking to the board, and he said, well, where would you like to have that meeting take place? And I said, well, I'm putting down as the first district event. I want it to be at the new CCC when you guys get it. So we're praying. We're praying for you and with you, and we, we know God's hand is in it. And uh, pray for us. I mean, this morning, I woke up this morning, and uh, there was already a, 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 an email that came through that there's a new property in the area where we're looking for, and I'm like, oh, man. So we're, 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 God quite ha- hasn't quite given me a re- I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go to yesterday. Last year, I'm ready to get our own place, but God has not given us the release to do that yet. There's still some things that we need to get settled. I'm so thankful he knows what's going on. Because uh, if it was up to us, boy, wouldn't we make a mess of it? Amen. I'm so thankful that there's a Jesus, that he loves me. And his, my, what I call my life verse, Psalm 138, verse 8, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. That means all the places where I'm inadequate, where I'm not where I need to be, where I fail and I can't make it work. I just do what I can do, and he will perfect. He will complete the work. 
He will do what needs to be done. Don't ever be afraid to step out in faith and do something for God. Because it's not based on your ability anyway. It's based on somebody saying, I'm willing to take a step. And next thing you know, you'll be walking on water in Jesus' name. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. It's so great to have my family with me. We couldn't bring my family last time. So great to have my family with me. My amazing wife, Sharon. My wonderful daughter, Angelina. uh, My daughter, Elena. And my son, Connor. Anybody want to testify or you guys want to pass this morning? Connor, you want to come up and give a testimony? He does not want to. Okay. So we are, we're privileged. I, I don't want to understate that. We're privileged to be with you. We love this church. We love the people of God. And I'm so thankful. And I can't, I can't ever go, go beyond without saying a special friendly welcome and thank you and camaraderie with my, my co-workers here, my brother Daryl Parker. What a great man of God. And I don't know how many times I, uh, I, uh, when you're on the job and you're bivocational as a pastor and just bivocational, any buy anything, that's two. And, and, and I, I like, one job is enough. When you got two jobs, that's, that's one too many sometimes. But you do what God's leading you to do. And you're, you're working and trying to do this. And sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. It's such an honor and a privilege to be able to reach out to your somebody on the job who loves Jesus and not who loves Jesus, but they know who Jesus really is. And they've experienced the and to be able to share with them and, and uh, that you can build each other up and you can pray for each other. And that's such a blessing, such a blessing. I'm so thankful for you, Brother Daryl. I love you. Praise God. Praise God. And of course, Brother Scarlett and Brother Ethan, Brother Tom and all of you. We, we, I, I love you all. I love this church. I feel like I'm family. Amen. And I think something must be rubbing off. I might be hanging around Brother Ethan or something too much. But last time I had to go buy a suit, I got me a suit. It doesn't always match my melanin, but I don't care. I don't play that. I just I I like it and I'm going to I'm going to work it if I can. Praise God. There was a there was a, a precious African American lady that was helping me pick out a suit, and she picked out one. I said, "No, ma'am. Have you seen?" I said, "Have you seen the color of my skin? I can't wear that." She goes, "Yes, you can. You can. You can. You look good in this." I was like, "I don't think so." So then she pulled out this one. Believe it, this was more muted than the one she showed me beginning. And I said, well, I'll try it on because I I needed it because I had to go to conference and I didn't have a suit and I needed to wear something. And this is the one that was in my size that would have the time to get the alterations done. And so I said, let me try it. And I started putting it on. I'm like, ooh, ooh, I look good. Thank you, Jesus. So this year, Pastor McFarland is stepping a little bit outside his comfort zone because God's doing great things. Amen. And I want to encourage you. We're coming to the end of this year. God's got big things planned for your church. God's got big things planned for you and your family. And I'd like to, I don't know if it's preaching or teaching. I don't know how to really separate the two, but I don't plan on being very long this morning. 
But uh, I shared this with our church, uh, I believe it was last week, and God put it on my heart to share it with you as well. Just a very simple thought in Scripture that I believe God has something for you guys. And I believe God has something for our church, for our section, for our district. God's doing great things. Amen? If you'll stand with me, we'll turn to the book of Acts, chapter 12. Verse 1 says, book of Acts chapter 12, verse 1. I'm reading from the New King James. You've got King James. Let me change it over and I'll read from King James. I can do that. Okay, King James, verse 1. Now about the time, about that time, Herod, the king, stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. Have you ever felt like you've been vexed by the enemy? We need to bring that word back. We don't use that word enough. I, I, oh, well. I got the suit. Now I'm going to have to start to learn how to be more Jamaican. I'm going to get this working. We'll get it together. I already love jerk chicken, so I'm working in the right direction. Give me some beef patties. I'm ready to rock. Stretch forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. This is the James. The Peter James and John James. The three, the, the inner circle that us preachers like to call and talk about, that went up to him on the mountain, the Peter James and John. He vexed the church and he killed James with the sword. He's dead. Verse 3. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread, and when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions. I have no idea what a quaternion is, but it sounds like a lot. It seems a little redundant if you're saying four and quaternion. Uh, we don't need to bring quaternion back. Just vexed. Quaternions of soldiers to keep him intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. After the days of unleavened bread, after the feast, you don't want to murder somebody when it's a high holy day. You just wait till it's over and everybody feels good about themselves and then you can murder them. That's like our generation. We want to put it in, in, in New Jersey now. It's You go to church on, on Christmas and then New Year's Eve you act like a complete reprobate and a hooligan doing all the stuff that you know you're not supposed to do but you can't do it during christmas christmas is nice then you go out drinking and drugging and and fornicating and all kind of craziness see how silly that is that's what we do we got to be smarter than that god's got plans for you amen so he's planning to pit and verse five I'll, i'll let you sit down after this peter therefore was kept in prison but prayer was made without ceasing of the church Unto God for him. Place your Bibles down for a moment. Save your place because I want to stay in this scripture. Lift your hands and ask God to speak to us this morning. Jesus, we thank you so much for everything you are. I pray, God, that you would have your way in this place on the authority of your word and by the power of the name of Jesus that you have given the church of the living God. I bind every spirit of fear and doubt, everything that would try to stand against what you've ordained for your church this morning. In the name of Jesus, I release the truth 
I release favor. I release faith into this house. In Jesus' name, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. If it's appropriate, give somebody a high five and you may be seated. And I'm going to preach God's plan can't be stopped. God's plan can't be stopped. So, here we are, and this is a very popular passage of Scripture, and I'm not even going to be dealing with the most popularly preached part of this chapter. I'm just going to be dealing with these first 11 verses. And here they are is God's moving, revival's happening, and the enemy says, we don't want this guy to do what he's doing, so they kill James. Don't forget that. He's dead. So now Peter has been taken. This is like the leadership of the church. He's picking them off one by one. And imagine now we're, what we're talking about here. This is, I want you to put yourself in their shoes so you can understand where they were. They just experienced the violent death of one of the great leaders of the church. One of the twelve has just been murdered by the sword. And now Peter... The guy who's supposed to have the keys to the kingdom has been taken and he's in prison and he's going to be murdered just like James was. They see this. They know this is going to happen. And they're recognizing what's taking place. And they've heard the messages. They've heard the, the remembrances of the, of the lessons that Jesus has taught. About how he's, if you stay true, if you hold fast, if you keep going. Now, they didn't have a lot of the book and a lot of the scripture that we have that Paul wrote. So think about that for a second now. They just had the word and they had the truth and they had the spirit. And that's what they were holding on to. And they were doing the best that they could with what they had. We have so much more than they have. But yet we are so more, so much more lacking in our drive and our willing to sacrifice for the kingdom of God. And here they are, and they're, they're, they're struggling, and he's already, James is already dead, and Peter's about to be killed. And what are they doing? They're praying. Number one, why God's plan, God's plan can't be stopped if the church is a praying church. If the church remembers that they're going to pray, that when issues come, we stay in tune with God. We're in line with God's plan. you got to be like the three Hebrew boys when they said, We are not careful to answer you, O King Nebuchadnezzar, concerning this matter. Whether we live or whether we die is not the issue at hand. Because if we live, God be the glory. He has brought us out miraculously. If we die, God be the glory. We're with Him in heaven, and it's all going to be okay either way. We've got to get that mentality in our minds, church. Some of you know what I'm talking about when I say that we have been blessed in the United States of America. When we look up at this tree and we talk about all this, all the money that we can give and all the different choices that we can give. And beyond that, when we look at reach, all the money we can give and what we can think that we want to press toward and give sacrificially into the kingdom. You need to remember how blessed you are. 
There are places in this world that people would give their lives to be able to clean the dog poop off of your feet. If they could get a dollar from you because then they could support their family for a month. We are blessed in the United States of America. As much as we get so entitled and we get so thinking when we look, well, we should, the government should be doing this and my job should be doing this and I should be getting this kind of raise and I should be getting that and I should be getting this. And we, we try to, to, to make and, and present ourselves and many times in our culture the squeaky wheel gets the oil and we make a fuss. And we stink, make a big stink, and we protest, and we do this, and we make noise, and we want these things to happen. But the very worst of us in America is light years beyond what the majority of our world is facing and suffering. And then when we want to complain about how the government's putting restrictions on the church of the living God, and in America we can't be as free as we once were at one point, and we begin to complain and we begin to make a fit about this and about that, and we don't realize that there are literally hundreds of pastors and saints, your brothers and sisters, that are dying every single day on this world. Let me tell you about Burma. Let me tell you about Malaysia. Let me tell you about the Middle East and North, North Korea, places where you don't have your life if you're found out what you're doing. And we begin to fuss and complain about the little bit of adversity that we face. And I'm don't, I don't want to downplay adversity is still adversity. But you're big enough and you're strong enough and your God is able to handle whatever adversity you have to face. You keep your mind on Jesus. Keep in prayer. Number one, the church has got to be a praying church in verse 5. Therefore, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. You want to see your family saved? When's the last time you actually prayed? And don't get me wrong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step off here and, and talk about this for a second. I used to pray this prayer until God convicted me and I realized I'm the doofus. That is not the way to be praying. I used to pray, God save my brother. God save my co-worker. God save. Do you know how insulting that prayer is to God? You're implying that the God of the universe, the one who has more love than anybody could ever have, the God who gave himself to be died, to, to, to be hung up and killed on a cross, to suffer that God who loves the, God so loved the world, that God is not already doing everything he can to save somebody. That ain't my God. That's not your God. That's not the right prayer to be praying. God's already doing what he can. You know what you need to be praying? The variable in the equation. It's not God. He is God and he does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The variable in the equation is you. So it's time for you to submit yourself unto God 
resist the devil and he will flee and begin to pray like this. God, lead me, change me, break me, mold me so that you can use me to save somebody. God's already doing what he can, but he will never supersede a human will. But when you give him your will, when you submit yourself to him, he can do something with that. He can change something with that. And he's chosen through the foolishness of preaching to save men's souls. When Saul was being brought into the truth to become Paul the apostle, God appeared unto him. He was on the road to Damascus and a light shone and Paul, Saul, recognizing God, who are you? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you persecuted. He revealed himself to him. But guess what? God didn't lay hands on him and give him the Holy Ghost. God didn't take him to the water and baptize him. You know what God told him? You go and you wait because there's a man coming to you. And that man is going to deliver what needs to be done. Now, this is a very, very similar circumstance. He was coming to Damascus to put them in prison and murder them, the Christians. Why do you think Ananias was praying? He was praying because Saul was coming to kill them all. So he's in prayer. The church is God's plan cannot be stopped when the church is in prayer. Ananias is in prayer, and I believe he's praying, God, you need to show up. Saul is coming with orders to throw us all in prison. And God shows up and says, Ananias, I need you to go talk to this guy named Saul, and I need you to tell him who I am, and I've revealed myself to him and baptize him and pray for him. He's going to get the Holy Ghost, and it's going to be a great thing. This is the Matt McFarland translation, by the way. You have to read it in the book of Acts to get it. To get it right. And Ananias, think about it. This is real dude. This is not some story that you read and you go and you show, oh, look at the cool story. Nice drama put together. No, it's real. He's really praying for God to deliver them from Saul. And God directs and speaks to him and says, go and talk to him. And Ananias, I love it because he's a real dude. He says, God, I know you know everything. I know you got it all together. But just to clarify, just for me so I can feel better about the situation, isn't this the guy I've been praying to you about? Isn't he the one that's coming to put us all in prison and and murder us and and we're praying for release? This is the guy you want me to go see. And God says, I've got a plan for him. God's plan can't be stopped. And look what happened. Ananias, who was praying to be delivered from Saul, submitted to God in prayer. And he goes, he walks in the door of Simon the Tanner. And he doesn't hide. He doesn't go hide behind somebody else and say, I don't want him to know I'm a Christian. He walks up and he grabs him by the hand and he says, Brother Saul, God sent me to talk to you. And he baptizes him and the the New Testament is written and a massive revival takes place because the church was in prayer. Now, when you're in prayer, you better stay submitted to God. There's some folks, this is more teaching than preaching, but it's still good. Brother T.F. Tenney taught me this and I've never forgotten it. 
Some folks like to go on a hunger strike and grab their picket signs of what they want to say and picket and protest the throne of God to try to make God's will their will. And that's what it really is. We call it prayer and fasting. But what it really is, we have not submitted our will to his. We want God to do what we want God to do. Instead of saying, God, I surrender, I want what you want. Because here's the deal, God's plan can't be stopped. And if you're trying to stop it, you can pick it and go on a hunger strike all you want. It's not going to happen. But when you sincerely fast to submit to God so that you can pray, that you can be open to hear his voice and do what he wants to do, then you can be like Ananias. You go in with one attitude, but you come up with another. I know I got a witness in this house. How many went down on their knees in prayer in one attitude? But when God showed up, you got up in another attitude. I believe God's doing something in your life. If you can remember, God's plan can't be stopped. Whether you're a part of it or not is up to you. And I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to be in prayer. I'm going to be in prayer. Because guess what happens when you pray? Verse 6, and when Herod would have brought him forth, that same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before him, before the door, kept the prison. Verse 7, and behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly and his chains fell off from his hands what seems impossible what is absolutely crazy what seems like the very enemy that is coming against you when god shows up things happen quickly it changes like that you stay in prayer number one and number two you remember that when god shows up he's going to move quickly And it goes right into number three. I've only got five. It goes right into number three when he shows up quickly. Verse eight. And the angel said unto him, gird thyself, bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, cast thy garment about thee and follow me. When God showed first, number one. If you're writing it down, it's a good idea. If you want to put it up there, I don't know if you can or not. Number one, be in prayer continually. A praying church means you're going to be a part of God's plan that can't be stopped. Number two, I forgot. Number two, God moves quickly. That's why I write it down. I recommend you do the same. God moves quickly. Number three, right in hand with number two. When God moves, you better have spent the time. You better have made up your mind like the three Hebrew boys. You better have put the time in, put the study in, put the prayer in, that you are ready to move when God moves. Because it's going to come quickly. It's not way down the way. And I believe this beyond a shadow of a doubt for your church, for my church, for this section three of New Jersey, for our our district, for our, our nation and our world, that the time is not miles and miles and miles down the road, but it is going to be quickly. I'm going to be transparent with you folks. God directed us to plant the church in, in Monmouth County, New Jersey. 
And God opened the door and we found a place. And in the beginning, many, many times, it was just my family showing up and having church. And I would, I would, I would, and it, it, years went by. One year, two years, three years, four years, about five years went by. And it was, there was some folks, but it was mainly us. And I would pray, God, send somebody else that knows what they're doing. Send somebody else and I'll help them. I got no problem submitting to somebody else because I'm not doing it right. Whatever you need to have done, obviously I'm the failure in the situation because you're perfect and I'm not. And I can't do it because it's not working. And I've been here five years and there's not much to show for it. And I'm wondering what's happening. What am I doing wrong? And I don't even know what I don't even know. And I'm struggling and I'm, I'm coming before God and God just kept pushing me and kept that, that call that he placed inside of me wouldn't go away. And it wasn't a job that I could just quit. It wasn't something that I could just turn my back on. It was what I was born for, church. When you find your call, you grab hold of it. You don't ever let go of it. And I kept coming to church, opening the doors. I would sing with everything I had. I would preach with everything I had. I would pray for my kids. I'd pray for myself. I'd pray for my wife. I'd pray for the parking lot. I'd pray for the empty seats. I'd pray for the building. I'd pray for everything I could think of because I knew God's plan can't be stopped. And let me tell you, when I just made up my mind, it's not my church, it's his. And if, it, if nobody ever comes, if it's just my family, if I'm going to be a Noah situation where it's just Noah and his family are saved, that's worth it for me. Every heartache, every tear, every effort, every tiredness, every sleepless night, everything that I've gone through, it's worth it because I'm going to see be saved. My family is going to be saved. When that attitude began to take place in our church, I kid you not. It was like overnight. It was like the, the, the light switch had been flipped. Things started happening, and they started happening so quickly. People started coming in from places we never dreamed, places that were like months down the road. We've got a family that drove by our church and was too scared to come in. But six years later, they got stirred up again and came, and they were longing for baptism. And we, and let me tell you their testimony. You might have heard it before. We're having church, and at the end of church, it's a great time. It's altar. I'm getting ready to dismiss, and God moved. And I said, church, I just feel this in the Holy Ghost, that the waters of baptism are stirring in our congregation. And here's what we're going to do. See, this is, this is what it is. It's in prayer, and God moves quickly, and being prepared to do what God wants to do when he's moving quickly. God gave us direction in prayer. We were prepared. I said every, every day. We picked somebody took Monday, somebody took Tuesday, and so on. We had people fasting the whole week, specifically that some folks were going to get baptized. And on Friday, this woman who drove by the church six years prior sent us a message on our, Facebook, on our uh, website. Just want to confirm what time you have service and if it's okay for me and my family to come and visit you guys. Said absolutely, and I already checked. I, you know what? I already checked it off. I already had the faith. They were getting baptized in Jesus' name, because God already told me that's what's going to happen, and I was prepared for the quick move of God. They came, and I preached on baptism. And as soon as I was over, I quickly went to the back where they were sitting, 
And before I could say anything, I was figuring out in my mind, how am I going to bring up to ask him to be baptized? She says to me, Pastor, I need to be baptized. I want to be baptized. I didn't know she'd been praying for six years for somebody to baptize her in Jesus' name. She'd been following Brother Irvin Baxter's end-time ministry for seven, eight years before she ever walked in our doors. But you see, when God moves, he moves quickly. Be prepared when God moves. And I'm, I'm, I'm speaking prophetically to this church right now. It's time for you to, sit, to push that dinner plate away a couple times. It's time for you to get on your knees a little bit more than you have. It's time for you to get in the Word and begin to study. It's time for you, instead of listening to the junk on the radio and the talk radio and the garbage music that you've been listening to, it's time to replay the messages your pastor's been preaching. It's time to find some YouTube messages of General Conference. It's time to get ready because God is fixing the move. And only those that have prepared for his quick move are going to be a part of that plan that cannot be stopped. Praise God. Clap your hands. i got to take a drink. Hallelujah. Oh, all the young people, don't listen to Brother Scarlett. He said, take your time. Young people are like, no. I was a young person in church, so I know what it's like. Praise God. Where am I at? I'm, I'm four. I'm only going to five. But in preacher language, that could be two hours. Number four, verse, verse nine, number four. And he went out and he followed him and wist not or he did not know that it was true, which was done by the angel. But he thought he saw a vision. He thought he was seeing all this in his mind. He's groggy. He's been beaten. He's prepared, made his peace. God, I already saw my good buddy, my whole lifelong friend be murdered. James is gone. I'm next. God, if that's what you've got for me, I've made my peace. I'm ready to go. I'm sleeping, and the angel's got to come and kick him in the side. Get up. So he gets up, he's dreary, and he's confused, and his chains are falling off. He's like, well, this isn't possible. I wonder what God's trying to say here. And he's walking along, things are moving along, and he still doesn't know that it's real. But you know what? Even though he didn't know it was real, even though he couldn't understand what was really going on, even though he didn't have all the answers, he kept putting one foot in front of the other. This is the guy who stepped out of the boat when Jesus called and he walked on water. This is the guy that began to look around at the storms and fell down and sunk in the water and said, Jesus, help me. And he reached out and he said, Peter, when did you begin to doubt? And they walked together on the water and got in the boat. See, he learned his lesson then. He said, I don't understand what's going on. I don't even think this is real, but I'm still putting one foot in front of the other. Number four to why you want to be a part of God's plan that can't be stopped. You better learn to walk by faith and not by sight. If Ananias was walking by sight, he never would have showed up and said, Brother Saul, you cannot 
base your walk with God on what you see around you. You've got to get prepared. You've got to get the word. You've got to hear the preaching. You've got to be in prayer. And you've got to understand what he's saying. Because that faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Get the word in you. Get it stirring up inside of you. And you're able to walk by faith. You're able to walk by faith and not by sight. Because it's happening quickly, church. How many of you have been praying for folks? right? I feel the Holy Ghost right now. How many of you have been praying for your friends, your family, your co-workers, for situations? i got folks I've been praying for. I've lost loved ones, and I've lost people to COVID. I've lost all these. Uh, I, I don't know how God's working, and I don't know what's all going on, but I made up my mind. Church, make up your mind. I'm not going to live by, by sight. I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to walk by faith. Because when you get that, you get to number four, and you get to, I'm walking by faith. Not by sight. I don't understand. I don't even know this is real. I don't under. I, this doesn't happen. This can't happen. I remember Brother Daryl when we started our Bible study together. I didn't dream that in a corporate situation where you are, I had learned how to tame my tongue, and I'd learned how to make sure you don't talk about politics. You don't talk about religion. You might even remember I got in trouble one time. Somebody was saying I was being political or something. I, I got written up for that. I don't even know what it was. I do. I do. I said, God bless you to a guy when he told me he's had his like uh, 80th birthday. I said, God bless. That's great. 80 years old. It's like, like brought into the office. You can't say that to a customer because they might not believe in God and this and that and all this stuff. And I was like, to be honest. It was just natural speech. I wasn't even thinking God bless. I, I, I got convicted because I wasn't really even praying for him. I wasn't really saying God bless you. It was just the words that came out. And I got convicted because I realized your speech can just become speech if it's not what it's supposed to be. Like the song we sang, how beautiful. Hosanna in the highest. You know what Hosanna means? It's Hebrew. It's not English. You know what you say it in English? Save me now. That's what Hosanna means. But sometimes we feel important if we speak Hebrew. Hallelujah. Hallelujah is the highest praise. Hallelujah is just Hebrew. It means I praise God. And if you say, I praise God, or if you say, hallelujah, from the depths of your soul and you love it, guess what? It's the highest praise. If you say, I love Jesus, that might be the highest praise. If you say, God, you're amazing, that might be the highest praise. Don't let your words be vain. But speak what you are wanting to say. Man, that wasn't even part of my lesson. Praise God, hallelujah. But I'm going back and I remember that that I had that, that situation. I had learned how to, God, you gave me this job more than once. I prayed, God, I'm sick of this job. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm, a, I'm called to preach the gospel. I don't want to do this. I want to do something else. And God's like, no, you're there for a reason. I've planted you there for a reason. And in the process of time, Brother Daryl was probably dealing with the same things I was dealing with, feeling that unction and that kindred spirit in the Holy Ghost. And we, we started a Bible study together. 
And then I remember, I'm all excited, Brother Daryl's going to be one of the first members of the church God's called me to plant. And then he calls me and he says, I just moved, I won't be able to do Bible study anymore. And literally the, the week before, I had seen your pastor, and I didn't even know him that well. But he said, uh, God's called me, we're going to be planting a church in Hamilton, New Jersey, Hamilton Township, New Jersey. Don't know where yet. Don't know all the situations. It, it might be in a different area or something, but that's that's the area I think it's going to be. And so I said to Brother Daryl in the Holy Ghost. And that's the key, because I was in prayer and God was moving quickly. It was just going a different direction than I thought it was going to be. I thought Brother Daryl was going to be a member of my church, but God had other plans. And he set that in motion. And I, I said, I said, well, a good friend of mine, I barely knew your pastor at that point. A good friend of mine is, is, is planting a church in that city. I think you ought to, I gave him the information, and I believe you were here from day one. From day one, and he's still here. Clap your hands to the Lord. Walk by faith and not by sight. God has a plan. God has a plan. And then we go to the fifth one. The fifth one. Hallelujah. I love this one. Verse 10. And when they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth into the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out, and they passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a certainty, of a surety, that the Lord hath sent his angel. And hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. Number five, if you keep walking, the doors will open. It's not a situation where you've got to spang against the door and you've got to pound and get a, get a bunch of people and you get a battering ram and bust through the door. You just keep walking. And God is going to open the door because his plans cannot be stopped. It can't be stopped. It can't be stopped, church. I hope you recognize that. Hope you understand when you came to church this morning, you're investing in the greatest thing that this world has ever been a part of. That you have access to greater joy, greater hope, greater power, greater anointing, greater purpose. Come on, somebody greater anything you can think of because of Jesus. And he has a plan. He's not caught off guard. He wasn't surprised by COVID. He wasn't surprised by the presidential election or whoever's getting elected here or getting elected there. He's not surprised by the drastic tornadoes. He's not surprised by Hurricane Sandy or Irma or any other natural disasters that are happening. He's not surprised when it seems an impossible situation and in a building fund situation, when you're asking for, for Christmas for Christ, when you're in the middle of a building. God's not surprised by that. He knows he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It's time for the church to start following through. I'm going to be in prayer. I'm going to remember God moves quickly. I'm going to be ready to move when God is ready to move. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. And I'm going to keep walking and the doors will open. Stand with me this morning.
Praise God. They did it better than me and not actually very clearly. I should have stole that from my notes. That's much clearly. Take a picture on your phone. Put this on your mirror in the morning. Remember, God's got a plan for you. God's got a purpose for you. And it's not going to be generations and years and years down the road, but it's ready to happen. Open your Bible in the morning and pray. Read your Bible. Pray after you read the Bible. Pray before you read the Bible. Get in tune with God has for you. Be prepared and walk by faith, not by sight. And even when it's difficult, even when the enemy's around you, even when it's a struggle and it seems like there's no way out, keep walking and that dead end is going to turn into an open door. I believe that with all my heart this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed right now. I want to pray a blessing on you in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I pray that your spirit would begin to have liberty in this house this morning. Everything that has always been a closed door that we have closed to you, I pray right now for courage inside every saint that we would open up that door and we would let you come in. And God, when you speak sacrifice, when you speak sacrificial giving into our spirits, I pray for courage to obey that voice and walk by faith and not by sight. When you begin to move, I pray, God, that we would be ready to move. I pray a stirring, a burden would be on every one of us. Because, God, that's what you created us for. And it's not a difficult situation. It's not a hardship Your yoke is easy and your burden is light, but only when we submit to it and receive it. Lord, you told us in your scripture that unless we take up our cross and follow you, we will not be yours. I don't want to be a a, a member of a church. I don't want to be on the roll call of the church and truly not be a follower of Jesus Christ. Speak to us right now in the name of Jesus. Reach your hands. Reach your hearts. Talk to God right now. Don't just let me be the one praying, but talk to God right now. Let Him speak to you right now. The Holy Ghost is in this place. Supernatural things are happening right now. There's healing. There's healing of hearts. There's healing of bitterness. There's healings of bodies right now. It's available. We got access to it. Walk by faith, not by sight. In the name of Jesus. I don't know how you normally do your prayer. I don't know how you normally do your altar, but just talk to Jesus right now because he's here in a mighty way.
feel like you've been to church this morning? This is real. This is the word of God. Anybody think this was really cool? Not because I'm the preacher, but just the word. Just 11 verses, such a powerful message. You know that happens every time when you get into the word with the right attitude and the right spirit. God opens it up to you. And you can be preached to right directly from the word and it'll prepare you and change you and mold you and make you what God wants you to be. God bless you. We love you. We're praying for you. We're praying for your church and everything that's going on with it. Thank you for allowing us to be with you. God bless. Come on, give the Lord another round of applause this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I want to thank Pastor McFarlane for such a word this morning. Powerful word. Amen. Amen. Come on, give him. You can do better than that. Give the man of God another round of applause. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Very thankful for wives. I just want to correct. It's Fiji, not Fuji. I'm not a complete idiot. I do know it's Fiji and not Fuji. <laughs> uh, that's all right. It's reference to the water. It's good. <laughs> amen. But amen. Praise God. Don't forget, love them up. You know, um, I was messing with Pastor when he walked in early this morning. He said, did you bring your guitar? You know, I'm going to have to make sure I, I get you a guitar here. When you come to the building, we have a uh, new church. There will be a guitar. So whenever you come, you'll have a guitar to play. Sister Sharon will be on the keyboard. Amen. Amen. But we love them so much. You know, always good to fellowship with uh, Pastor and Sister McFarland and their kids. Always good to see everyone in the house of God. So we're going to um, pray again. Don't forget, you know, the five things we mentioned uh, in, our, in our prayer. And I'm sure, you know, everyone can relate to with our stewardship campaign. We can relate to number one because every with our stewardship campaign, Pastor, every morning we have a group that get up at 5 a.m. and we've been praying. Amen. We have a group that prays at 9 p.m. in the evening. So we've been praying. We've been praying. So it, it's a good thing, you know, that we can get reminders and reinforcement. Amen. Be in prayer because it's only prayer changes things. Amen. Let's bow your heads one more time. Father God, we thank you for the man of God and his family this morning. We ask you continue blessing that you will keep them, that you will continue to use them for your glory, Lord God. We, Lord God, thank you for every person that is in this place this morning. We ask your blessing upon the congregation that you will continue to bless us and keep us. Dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Uh, you're dismissed. Um, we'll see you next week. Amen. Don't forget, um, Sister Sylvia, I think we have two of you.